Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. The Bobcats won for a fifth straight week while the Grizzlies got back to their winning ways and the Spartans are the champions of the Garden City. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The University of Montana football team bounced back from its first loss of the season at Eastern Washington to grind out a 31-14 win over Dixie State on Saturday in Missoula. Grizz redshirt freshman quarterback Chris Brown threw for 240 yards and a touchdown while rushing for two more scores in the first start of his career. A largely short-handed Montana team moved to 4-1 by holding their FCS independent visitors to 1.3 yards per carry on the ground. Montana re-enters Big Sky Conference play by hosting Sacramento State on Saturday afternoon. The game also marks the reunion for the 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 National Championship team. Montana State rolled for the fifth week in a row, dispatching a visiting Cal Poly in a 45-7 homecoming victory on Saturday afternoon in Bozeman. MSU's fifth straight win came on the strength of four interceptions by the Bobcat defense and three total touchdowns by junior running back Isaiah Fonse. The Bobcats are now 5-1 and one with a trip to defending Big Sky Conference champion Weber State looming on Friday night. And finally, Sentinel cruised to a 35-0 win over Big Sky to claim Missoula's city football title for the 2021 season. The Spartans are now 6-0 and have won 16 games in a row, dating back to the beginning of last championship football season. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. One of my good buddies. Welcome back. Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Radio, Will Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanez, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Looking for a new truck? It's Trucktober at Northwest Motorsport. They got the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can find all that inventory, nwmsrocks.com. 
financing as low as 1.99 APR for the month of October. So go check out Northwest Motorsport, both online and here in the city of Missoula. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Montana Football Hour. Montana posted a 31-14 victory over Dixie State. Montana State with a 45-7 win over Cal Poly. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joined me. We recapped all of it. You can find all that on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, Sportsbet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. It's time now, like we do for the second hour of each Monday show, for the Monday afternoon quarterback with our good friend Marty Morningwig. Coach, thanks for being here, man. How you feeling? How you doing? Coulter, let's juice it up. I'm feeling great. What an exciting weekend that was, both in the college and the NFL ranks. First and foremost, I always got to ask you about the people closest to you, your family. How did your boys do? I know you got one coach, coach or one son, excuse me, coaching down in uh, Texas, another one playing at Carroll. So, how'd the Morningwig boys do this week? Two and zero. Oh. That's good. Uh, Carroll College back to five hundred. They're in it. They may have to win out to get into the NAIA playoffs, and then Big Sky and MSU Texas. Go Stang Gang. They're the Mustangs. They won another big one. They were down fourteen seven and half though. So they're a second-half team, you know, and if they can kind of put together a little bit of first half, they'll be rolling. I told Sky after the ball game, you looked like you were a little bit conservative early, and he said it was on purpose because of the prior game, and then they turned it loose in the second half. So they're, they're in the top 20. Uh, if, they, if they can get a couple more big wins, they'll, they'll be in the Division II playoffs. Let's start there then. I wanna, before we get into any conversation about uh, the NFL, just from a broad perspective, you're a guy that called plays at the highest level of football for a really long time. I think that uh, the sort of entry point to calling plays now is sort of muddled in people's minds because everybody sits there and plays Madden. But it's not like playing Madden. This is a lot different determining based on what the pre-snap calls, all these different things. There's chaos going on. But like you were saying, a lot of times you slow play it as an OC. A lot of times you blitz it as an OC. But just the art of calling plays, how difficult is that within the scope of a game, particularly at the NFL level? Well, I've never played Madden, so I can't <laughs> correlate that. Call me surprised. I'm shocked that Marty Morningwig's never played Madden. I will tell you, uh, the, it's. Uh, I learned this from Mike Holmgren early. Bill Walsh was our GM in San Francisco. It's sort of artistic. There has... Preparation is big now. Yes. I mean, it is big. And much of it is preparation, but it still comes back to some instincts during the football game. Uh, And you get into situations, and because they've done this the last two times, you have to instinctively, are they going to do that? Or are they going to play their Tampa 2? Or are they going to zero blitz you? Or are they going to one-hole you? All of those things... Or you may call a play that's a change-up for all of those type of situations. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit artistic. So then let's talk about the scenario that's happening in Missoula right now. No need for you to talk about the actual specifics of the personnel, just more the scenario at hand. Montana's senior quarterback, Cam Humphrey, goes down against Eastern Washington. It's very clear to me when he went down that he's not going to be back for a little while. It looked pretty bad. He was carried off the field. Uh, Coach Houck is really trying to – Keep the injuries close to the vest from a strategic standpoint. I understand that. But regardless, a redshirt freshman is now the starting quarterback for Montana with Chris Brown. Just how hard is it to get a young guy ready? First uh, of all, Cam's a heck of a quarterback. He's good. He? Yeah, he's good. And then, and then that was that was, that was was a tough blow to see, and I hope he's back uh, sooner rather than later. And then, you know, I'm biased toward Chris because he was in my quarterback school. Of course. And I like him very much. It looked like Montana was very conservative offensively. It did. Because of a first start for a quarterback. And let me tell you, your first start at any level as a quarterback is huge right. if you simply win the game. That's what Chris Brown said afterwards. Somebody asked him, what is your biggest impression of this game? And he said, it's not that I didn't know it before, but I fully understand now that the most important thing for the quarterback is to lead the team to victory. And that's what he did. And so I don't think you can really scrutinize him beyond that. Absolutely correct. You go through, we should talk about this one of these days, the commandments of the quarterback position. And A, number one, you will be valued. You will be perceived 
on your win and loss record as a quarterback, period. Forget about all of the other things, although they become important to winning. Now, let's get back to Chris. Yeah. It looked to me like in the game, this guy's a talented guy. Looks he's very like talented. He's got instincts, right? All of these things. And I saw that in my quarterback school. It looked like, and they won the game. We already talked about that. It looked like there were several plays where it looked just a little bit mechanical. Yes. And it's classic. I've been through it time after time with young quarterbacks. They're trying so desperately mm-hmm. to do it exactly like the coach wants it done. And then now, so if it were me, right, as he continues to grow, turn it loose. Now, smartly turn it loose because he's got right. a good football team. He doesn't have to go out and single-handedly win some of these games. He's got a heck of a defense. He's got a solid offense, all those things. So smartly turn it loose. Let your natural instincts and your natural ability show up just a little bit, and that should happen naturally. Marty Mortonway joining me. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. We do this 5 o'clock hour each Monday, talking all things football. We'll give you a little grizz, give you a little frontier and give you a whole lot of NFL. It is presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's is proud to be the largest of all Montana RV dealers. They're currently showcasing the best inventory in the state at volume discount prices. Stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in the state of Montana. You coach some guys that cut it loose more than anybody in the history of the league. I mean, Brett Favre and Steve Young are two of the greatest that you could ever think of when it comes to that. So what's that dynamic like? Because sometimes guys have to be reeled in. Sometimes guys have to be cast out, like you're saying. Sometimes Chris Brown, you got to tell him cut it loose. Sometimes you're probably sitting there thinking, Favre, why'd you throw that right there? Because he, he just cuts it loose so much, right? That's You're exactly right. I, I, went, I think we talked about this one time. I went from the great Brett Favre, who was sort of the black hat gunslinger uh-huh. to Steve Young? Very different. Very, sure. very good. Wanted to throw for seventy five percent. Right. All we'll say. And and what could run if the play broke down? Oh yeah. And so you know, so with Brett, you had to corral it just a touch. You don't want to take away his creativity and big playability. So corral it just a touch. And Steve Young, let's stretch it just a touch. And I remember Steve one time in practice, I'm going, geez, throw the post. He goes, what do you want me to do? Just trust it that the safety's <laughs> going to level? Yeah, down here in the red zone, trust it. So we come back and do it again. Bam, he goes, all right, I got you. Well, stretch it just a little bit. I mean, he was already uh, uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, but he, he, he got even better just with a little bit of mentality adjustment. I think that the dichotomy between the Montana quarterbacks, too, is such a good definition of what it takes to play quarterback. Because if you go, went and watched the Grizz practice over the last 18 months leading up to this year, you got one guy who's 6'4", 220, big muscles, very athletic, you know, looks like the statuesque prototype quarterback. And you got another guy who's about 6'1 and a half, not necessarily uh, that fast or elusive. Good arm, but not nearly the cannon that the big guy's got. But he's the guy that understands the game plan. He's the guy that understands the personnel. He's the guy that understands the ins and outs of the mental part, whereas the freshman, even though he has massive talent, maybe not ready. So there's a difference between pure talent and being ready to operate an offense. Well, you're exactly right, and we've talked about it many times. The gut instincts come come into play. You know, uh, right now in the NFL, there are quarterbacks in that they're come in all different sizes and shapes and athleticism. You've got Tom Brady, who is a picturesque type of quarterback, and you've got our man in Arizona, five and zero. Oh, uh, that's a, a a shorter scat back almost type of quarterback that can really throw it. So, uh, and quite quite explosive and quite creative and quite exciting. And there's a handful of those in the NFL now. Let's talk about this dynamic then when you get to the National Football League in its current iteration because on Sunday, Davis Mills, former Stanford quarterback, started for the Houston Texans. Trey Lance now seems like he's the guy moving forward here in San Francisco. Justin Fields is definitely the guy moving forward in Chicago. Trevor Lawrence has been the guy. I mean, he's been a starting NFL quarterback since he was like 15 years old in the minds of the, the scouts and GMs. And then Zach Wilson up in New York as well. So you have a handful of guys that are sort of navigating this right now. What does it actually take, though? What does it take for a rookie 
to get ready? I'll tell you. When you're coaching a rookie quarterback that is starting, and look at I've been through a bunch of them. Starting. I mean, how much heartburn does it give you as a coach? Well, let me tell you, it may be the toughest thing that you go through in your coaching career, but how rewarding is it? You know, I've been through Nick Foles starting as a rookie. Yeah, yeah. Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson, Jeff Garcia, on and on. Right. How rewarding is it when they end up going to the Pro Bowl in their second year, when they end up winning games as a rookie quarterback? Now, typically, when a rookie can win games or win a lot of games or go to the playoffs, he's got a heck of a team that's surrounding him. Many of these rookie quarterbacks are playing because their team's not quite there yet. Totally. Yeah. I mean, how much of that is an influence, too? Because I also think that we see this all the time. One of the favorite things that talk radio guys talk about is, who's going to get drafted where? Okay, now this guy got drafted here. How's he going to do? Okay, this guy was the number one pick. This guy's the number three pick. This team still stinks. They're, they're demeaning the fact that that team had the number one pick probably for a lot of reasons, not just the quarterback, right? I mean... I thought this was such a, a dangerous situation when when Joe Burrow first got drafted in Cincinnati because they had the worst offensive line in the league. And then, of course, he gets hurt. I shouldn't say, of course. It's not completely linear and attached like that. But, I mean, I guess take it back to David Carr is a great example or Tim Couch. Both those guys were number one overall picks who then now the 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 normal football fan would say those guys were big busts. Well, David Carr got sacked 77 times his, his rookie year. I don't know how you function when you can't stay upright. Well, I'll tell you, the two things come to my mind. If you go way back, the ones, the rookies that had great success, let's say you go back to the great Dan Marino. He got drafted low because right. of a bunch of red flags, sure. and he goes to a really good team. Ben right. Roethlisberger, right. he goes to a heck of a team in Pittsburgh, fully loaded They yep. go to the playoffs. You go Troy Aikman, Dallas Cowboys. He goes, I believe, 0-11 as a rookie starter. Right. And came I mean, out Manning, of it. I mean, Peyton Manning went 1-15 and set an NFL record for picks. So sometimes yeah. even the greatest of all time take their lumps early. That's right. That's right. So as it'll make you even stronger and even tougher if you go through a Peyton Manning scenario or a Troy Aikman scenario right. as long as you come out of it on the other end, some guys, and you mentioned several of them, were unable to come out of it. Why? Because their teams may not have gotten better as the years went on, sure. or they got beat up so much right, exactly. that they couldn't overcome it physically and or mentally. And you get gun shy then too, right? I mean, so your pocket presence disappears. Some do. Some can some can overcome it, uh, and you know that's the chicken or the egg. Which right. which thing? Uh, and you, because you can't go back and do it all over again. The perfect scenario, I think, if it was Christmas every day, <laughs> you pull the Patrick Mahomes thing in right. Kansas City. He got one start, the last ball game of the season, right? Uh, because they were a pretty good football team, and then they made a move, and Patrick becomes a starter in his second year. Many of these owners, GMs, are so much media scrutiny. The fans that you are almost forced to play a young man a little too early, and I would always rather play the man a little bit too late, uh, a little bit later, rather than too early, if you get my my uh, thought process there. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningwig, longtime NFL coach, former Grizz quarterback himself, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here in studio. It is Nuanas now, presented in part by Alpine Touch. We've been passing out Alpine Touch each Saturday before Grizz home games at our pregame tailgate show. And so if you want to come, come get some Alpine Touch, come see us. I'll give you a little pepper blend, maybe a little uh, all-purpose seasoning. You can take it to your tailgate. Or right now, give us a call. Call number 3, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number 3. All you have to do is give your name to Andrew in the back. Our boy Chad will send you uh, some Alpine Touch right to your doorstep. So uh, give us a call right now. Call number three. We got a Grand Slam package from Alpine Touch for you, uh, Coach. I think this is a fascinating conversation because I think that there's more than just drafting talent and assembling a roster. There's a lot of continuity and chemistry and trust 
patience that go into assembling what could become championship-level NFL teams. So I guess in your mind, how important is it? Because sometimes the offensive coordinator and the quarterback maybe don't mesh, or there isn't a, the offensive coordinator doesn't have the patience to want to have a rookie guy. Or maybe you said you love the rookie guys because it's so fulfilling, so rewarding. That's not always the case. I also think sometimes, though, front offices sort of panic and they go away from guys, whether it's coaching staffs or quarterbacks or both. So in your mind, how important is just that continuity from the top down, particularly when it comes to coaches and quarterbacks at the NFL? Critical. However, I know this, and it's in high school. The principal, the AD, the head coach, they all got to be aligned. In college, the president, the AD, the head coach, among others. In the NFL, the owner, the president... The GM, the head coach, they all have to be aligned and they all have to have the same plan with the ability to adjust and the communication is key. Uh, So when you're talking about the chemistry of a team, uh, I know this and I learned it as I went through the years. The toughness and the character of players and coaches and personnel and everybody involved in the organization, the character and toughness go a long, long way. When it the character element of this has been such a moving target as well because there's so many different factors that go into the mentality of what makes an NFL player. And so I guess first of all, offensive guys aside, I think in the in the defensive side of the ball, you have to be a little bit. I don't even know how to say it. You have to have an aggression. Uh, you have to be able to get hyperly aggressive, more aggressive than a normal person, right? So a lot of times you have to kind of go get guys that maybe have lived on the edge of society or that come from strange or less uh, disadvantaged backgrounds, it seems like, because I just don't think that the kid who grows up in the suburbs is, is ready to go play outside linebacker for the you know New York Giants. There are some. There's some, right. Yes, uh, but those are, uh, some of them are outliers, sure. I, I guess you would, uh, so to speak. Uh, however, though, I will tell you, out of all the guys I've been around and coached for many, many years, I think it was 26 in the NFL, great people. Yeah. Great members of their community. Totally. They help others. Defensive linemen in some cases, are half, you know, crazy. Oh, totally. They have to be just when they step on the field. Absolutely. And then, and then when they come off of it, you're in better shape with that great character and 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 and, and the toughness. And, and, and so, anyway, that's my point. Uh, so, you need to go get those type of guys that can sort of flip the switch because you're exactly right. There are some guys that are built to play this game. Let me tell you, the NFL is a business. And let me tell you what type of business it is. It's one grown man kick another grown man's butt. That's what it typically comes down to. For sure. Right? Okay, all of the fundamentals, the techniques, the scheme, the coaching, the talent, all of those things are important, but that's what it comes down to. The opening scene of Hard Knocks when John Gruden's Raiders were on there, he he gives his speech and he said, I know – a great many of you guys are trying to make your first NFL team. And he says, the thing I need to you guys to realize is for the next four weeks during camp, this is not about team continuity as much as you have to be willing to take his job, period. And that's a distinctly different dynamic, right? Because in college, you're trying to everybody's trying to, to coalesce, and you have to have that in the NFL eventually, too. But there is like a distinctly different dynamic when you are trying to take another grown man's job, right? Well, absolutely. The Competition, right? Competition raises everybody's level of play. And so if the teams that don't have great competition okay, during uh, many camps and training camps sure. typically don't do as well, and they're not quite as deep for the marathon season that's upcoming. How do you cultivate that competition given all the new rules? Now, that's the other thing I think maybe the common fan doesn't realize is there is stringent practice limits now. All practices are open at all times. Everything is filmed. Like the Vikings got in trouble a couple years ago because Zimmer was running some practices that weren't on film that weren't open to anybody because he's an old-school defensive guy. He wanted to have some hitting that people weren't watching, but they got fined for that. But is it is it hard to sort of have that competition when it is so transparent and, and regulated? You just compete 
on everything that you do. Now, I will tell you, talk about the new rules. They came, came into play uh, several years ago, many years ago, really. And it's what the new rules did was it took away, I thought, a little bit of the head coach's personality. Yeah. Because there are some, I'll tell you what, the, the year that we won the Super Bowl in Green Bay, uh, we're playing Bill Parcells, New England Patriots. They were in pads the week of Super Bowl. Man. We were not. Right. So, But that's probably what they're used to, right? I mean, because they're playing for the tuna. That's the head coach's personality. And so I thought they took that away just a little bit. There's only so many practices during the whole year that you can be in pads. All of those new college type of rules came into play. So that would be my thought there. It took away the head coach's personality just a little bit. Now, we were kind of hacked off about it because we believe in time off. Get your head clear. Take care of your bodies. We believe in getting on the field, getting in, getting up, and getting off the field. We believed about preparation in in, in the meeting rooms and all those things. So we already did it sort of the way that the rules force people to do it. So that edge we thought we had playing our very best down the stretch and into the playoffs may have been taken away just a little bit there. It's such a fascinating dynamic. Last question on this before we take a break and actually talk about some of the games that happened this weekend. How important then, in terms of that cultivating competition all the time, how important is it then just to have transcendent leaders? Because you were around some guys that are legendary for their ability to bring it every single day, whether it was guys you directly coached with their position coach or guys like Reggie White when he was in Green Bay. I mean, I'm sure just the legend of Reggie White precedes him. So, I mean, how important is it having those guys that do set the tone every day? And in San Francisco, we right. had great leaders. Yes. Ken Norton, Merton Hanks, uh, on and Jerry Rice. Sure. On and on and on. And here's what the great leaders do. They set the expectations for themselves and their teammates at an all-time high, and they don't bend. And every single day, whether it be in meeting rooms or on the practice field, they hold everybody, including themselves, to those high standards, and it's just that simple. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Morningweg, in studio with me talking all things football, including the NFL. Let's give you some reactions from what actually happened yesterday. It was a weird day in the NFL, including a couple games that seemed like they were never going to end, but a very entertaining day nonetheless, and last night. Maybe, just maybe, a team that made a statement. All that and more. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The Bobcats won for a fifth straight week while the Grizzlies got back to their winning ways and the Spartans are the champions of the Garden City. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The University of Montana football team bounced back from its first loss of the season at Eastern Washington to grind out a 31-14 win over Dixie State on Saturday in Missoula. Grizz redshirt freshman quarterback Chris Brown threw for 240 yards and a touchdown while rushing for two more scores in the first start of his career. A largely short-handed Montana team moved to 4-1 by holding their FCS independent visitors to 1.3 yards per carry on the ground. Montana re-enters Big Sky Conference play by hosting Sacramento State on Saturday afternoon. The game also marks the reunion for the 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 National Championship team. Montana State rolled for the fifth week in a row, dispatching a visiting Cal Poly in a 45-7 homecoming victory on Saturday afternoon in Bozeman. MSU's fifth straight win came on the strength of four interceptions by the Bobcat defense and three total touchdowns by junior running back Isaiah Fonse. The Bobcats are now 5-1 and one with a trip to defending Big Sky Conference champion Weber State looming on Friday night. And finally, Sentinel cruised to a 35-0 win over Big Sky to claim Missoula's city football title for the 2021 season. The Spartans are now 6-0 and have won 16 games in a row, dating back to the beginning of last championship football season. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Get me some kicks. 
stiff. Stiff up a lip. Like a Hope you're rocking. We're having a great time around here. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Radio. If you're watching statewide television, SWX Montana TV. It's a Monday, so that means we're rolling for the second hour here on the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningway, former Grizz quarterback, longtime NFL coach and offensive coordinator in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. The Monday afternoon quarterback presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has been family-owned and operated for more than 50 years. Come enjoy shopping at the largest uh, inventory in the state at volume discount prices. Maybe you're putting your RV to bed for the winter. Well, first of all, they have a top-notch service department at Brett's RV and Marine, or maybe you just want to sell it, and they're in the market to buy it back from you. No matter what you got for your RV questions, needs, or upgrades, stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road. Start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Coach, finally, we had a uh, primetime game that did not come down <laughs> to a last-second field goal. Finally, it was a uh, uh, decided result, but still a lot of intrigue because it was a decided result in which the Buffalo Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs pretty handily, and that uh, not only affirms Buffalo as a true contender in the AFC and in the NFL, but also pushes Kansas City to a point they, they point they have not been during the Patrick Mahomes era. The Kansas City Chiefs are 2-3 and three with the great Patrick Mahomes in a very, very difficult division there. So I would not be surprised, specifically just because of Pat Mahomes and the players around him, if, if they don't come out of this thing and win the division or sneak into the playoffs somehow. But that is a really, really good... I'll tell you what, I am impressed with every team in that division. They are, that is certainly one of the best divisions in the league, and uh, that, that sort of come out, uh, particularly because of the Los Angeles Chargers and uh, their awesome performance. But is it panic time for the Chiefs, or where are we at with the Chiefs? Uh, one thing, I must say this, because I think that... Uh, our owner here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, one of the biggest football nuts that I know. She loves football, and she continues to emphasize to me, and I actually think this is actually real life. Patrick Mahomes has had his first baby, so she thinks that Patrick Mahomes is maybe not playing up to par because he's tired. He is a professional. I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but it is a factor that's worth mentioning. right? Like These guys do really have off-the-field lives, too. Well, all of them have off-the-field lives, and all of them have things that pull them in different directions. I don't want to go against your owner here, but I think that could be just a little bit overblown with the new kid. I I know this, that there will be no panic in the Kansas City Chiefs building only because of Andy Reid. He is about the most consistent human being and head coach that I've ever been around or ever heard about. The man is consistent. He's been 0-5 and made a run. Yeah. When I was his offensive court, we were 0-2 and uh, went to the NFC Championship game. So there will be no panic. It's just a simply, this is how they're going to operate. What do we need to get a little bit better at? What are our strengths? What are our next opponent's yeah. weakness? And we'll go after them. What's our next opponent's strengths? And let's stymie them. And let's get better here, men. And that is as simple as it will get at the Kansas City Chiefs locker room. Uh, how much of it is the just the the accentuated spotlight? I mean, they are the team to beat. They have the target on their back. They've also, I mean, I feel like I've watched them on primetime every, every week. That will be explained, and it will be explained in a very monotone way. <laughs> and they will get their jobs done, and it will be stressed. Let's just get our jobs done. Let's make sure we prepare. Let's make sure we put the hard work in and good things will tend to happen. This is a question actually from my brother, who you met this, this summer on the golf course, but I was asking him what he I should ask you, and he was saying, he played college football, so he has a, a fair amount of knowledge when it comes to scheme. He said, I'm watching that game last night. It looks like, to me, the Bills are running the same call on almost every down on defense. It looked to him like he, they're just running cover two, cover two, cover two. Why is it that sometimes the defensive play calls, particularly when you're going against elite players like Patrick Mahomes, they look so homogenized, so to speak? Well, first of all, you will see more coverages, front stunts, and blitzes in the NFL in one game than you may see all season 
in college. Right. However, right. I agree with your brother. A man like Pat Mahomes with all of those weapons, teams tend to do one of a couple things. The Tampa 2 that your brother is talking about. Right. All 22 eyes on everything that's in front of them, including mm-hmm. Mahomes and all of those skill guys, and then rally to the ball, and they did a heck of a job. And your brother was right, by the way. There was a lot of Tampa 2 going on there. And it's what a soft Tampa 2 does to an explosive team is it takes away the huge plays and makes you go four, five, eight, ten yards at a time down the field, and you would expect a pass rusher to get there. You would expect a tip ball. You would expect a tackle for loss on a run one or two times in the drive, and then you got them punting the football. So that's what happened. They made an explosive team negotiate down the field too many times to put the big points on the field. Of course, everybody wants to talk about Kansas City because they have been such an awesome team these last several years. Mahomes, certainly one of the stars in the league. But the Bills are damn good, and they got great personnel defensively. And Josh Allen has come into his own and then some. I knew he was talented just because of his regional proximity. Big, strong guy with a big arm. But I had no idea what he was going to be like as an NFL quarterback. He's become, He has exceeded what I thought he could become by light years. He is one of the best players in the league. And I think that the Bills deserve a lot of credit for laying it to the Chiefs last night in Arrowhead. He he became what I thought he may very well be able to do. Now, I will tell you, about half the league, probably a little less than half, thought that his accuracy problem in college would carry over into the NFL. And, you know, they've got all these analytics and stats, and there's been no college quarterback play really well in the NFL if he didn't throw for at least this percentage and all these things. Right. First of all, the game changes. For sure. Okay. Second of all, it depends what type of style of offense you played. Yep. He didn't throw too many wide routes or bubble screens and those type of things in college. He didn't do it. Secondly, he was so talented— and had such a big arm, he reminded me a little bit of Favre, right? And Favre no ended up getting more accurate, more accurate, yep. more accurate. And those first three to five years of a young, talented, big, strong arm, athletic guy, that first three to five years is so important in their development. And I will tell you what, the Buffalo Bills have done an outstanding job with, with their young quarterback. They also went out and got him the greatest Christmas present of all time when they got him one of the best receivers in the league in Stephon Diggs. But in terms of the fit for Josh Allen, it is the perfect fit for Josh Allen because Diggs, he's not just talented and athletic. He's a dog, too, and they seem to have similar personalities the way they go about operating. Yeah, that's a good point. There, There is that connection between a quarterback, receiver, tight ends, and even backs to some extent uh, when they're playing the the game on the field. I will tell you, Josh Allen is a clean example of what we were talking about earlier, where you get a young quarterback. And his first year or two were just kind of okay. He was trying to figure the thing out. He was trying to figure out what he could get away with with his arm and his athleticism. And they had a pretty good defense, so he, he was kind of playing towards that just a little bit. And their staff. Totally. And now he's turned it loose just a little bit. And the team has gotten better as their young quarterback has improved and gotten better. That's a great example, too, of patience. Them having patience with him. I think that it's sort of against Sean McDermott's makeup to do what they're doing offensively. I mean, he wants to run the ball way more than they have been. But they kind of realized, hey, we got this guy. So let's, let's cater to him. So I think that they deserve a ton of credit for being flexible and patient. I will tell you. There's not too many defensive-oriented head coaches that have done really well offensively. They tend to lean on their defense. The man, the great Belichick in in New England is awesome, right? Mm -hmm. He'll throw the ball 25 times in a row or (laughs) run it 12 in a row. He doesn't care. That's right. I think Sean McDermott has learned that because he's got so. I think Pete Carroll, to some extent, has done a heck of a job in Seattle. But there's not many. They tend to want to run the ball just a little too much and rely on their defense just a little bit too much. I think that is such an interesting uh, side road here, too, because 
Kevin Stefanski, uh, despite the really exciting game yesterday in which the Browns lost, he's established himself as a legitimate head coach in the NFL. He, they made the playoffs with the Browns. That in itself is an accomplishment considering how um, much they've struggled since they moved away the first time. But I look at what the Vikings have going on right now, and the Vikings have a defensive head coach in Mike Zimmer who's phenomenal defensive head coach when he's got the personnel. But they have a bunch of dudes who they signed to big contracts when they're in their late 20s, and now they're in their mid-30s. And the personnel, they still have name-brand guys like Kendricks and, and uh, Harrison Smith and, and, and Everson Griffin, these guys, but they're not what they once were. But the team, their best players, their best playmakers are their offensive guys, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. But all I kept thinking to myself was, and I like Zimmer, and I also think he's a good coach. But all I was thinking was, if this team's identity, the Vikings, was just offensive and they had Stefanski, who was their former OC, they're off and running. They don't have to have sort of this butting of heads because Zimmer wants to play a certain way and he has this personnel that's catered to playing a completely different way. So how do those two things align? Well, there's two things that come right to mind. Uh, The great head coaches in the NFL can adjust directly to the strengths of their players, whether it be offense, defense, special teams, whether it be run game, pass game, whether it be playing zone, whether it be playing man or mix, they all can do that really, really well. However, the second thing, most of those head coaches, they acquire players through free agency and the draft that go towards the style that they ultimately want to play. But in between, they can win enough games to where it comes to fruition and they end up playing the way that they want to play. Very interesting. Minnesota made a kick. They finally made a kick. I love it. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm sitting there, and I, I, I had stopped in to make a little wager, and uh, then I, was, I found myself stuck for 90 minutes because I sit down, and I didn't have the Vikings game at my house, so I sit down to watch the Vikings, then all of a sudden – Here's the Packers, and then here's the Patriots. And I'm like, well, I got to stay to watch the end of this. So I sat there for like an hour watching it. But, of course, the Packers crew in the bar and the the uh, Vikings crew in the bar not being very nice to each other. <laughs> and so, of course, when the Vikings line up, I'm sitting here thinking, well, here we go again. Number 29 of my life. They're going to miss a kick at the buzzer, but they didn't. They finally made one. And uh, the Packers game, though, the ending of that one, insane. Five, count them, five consecutive missed kicks. That's the first time in 35 years that that has happened where five consecutive kicks were missed in the NFL game. Crazy things happen in the game of football, and that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen, and that's why it's so dramatic, and that's why so many eyes are on NFL games. It's, it's so true. just so exciting. It's so exciting. This has been really, really fun, but then we have one more thing to address, but we got to pay a few more bills. So we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about two things. One, the last undefeated team in the NFL, and two, a locker room that uh, might be teetering as a famous coach, not really abiding by the, uh, the rules of the organization. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. ESPN Radio. Springsteen on the way back. Of all my favorite boss songs, he's definitely one of my favorites. And uh, it's because I'm hanging out with one of my favorite guys, Marty Morningwick, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. This is the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here on Nuanas now, talking all things NFL. And, Coach, before we end the show on a positive note, I want to ask about two things, one a negative, one a positive. Let's start with the uh, the bad one. I know there's a lot of speculation on how Urban Meyer would transition the NFL 
I know that there's a lot of details about this scenario. Maybe we don't even necessarily want to get into. But just from a broad perspective, I think that the story is not necessarily who took what picture of what guy in what bar. That's not the story. The fact of the matter is the story is that the head coach for an NFL football team who's been the head coach for an NFL football team for five games was not on the plane returning to Florida with his team. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm biased towards Urban Meyer. I'm not sure I've ever even met him, but he gave my oldest son an opportunity to be a graduate assistant at The Ohio State and coach under him. In fact, I just talked to my son. Man alive, did he learn a lot from Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is undeniably one of the greatest college coaches in the history of college football, period. However, I will say this. It is unusual for a college head coach that has never coached in the NFL to make that transition seamlessly. Right. Jimmy Johnson did a fantastic job he did. at the Cowboys. And some college coaches could go from college to the NFL as head coaches, but they've coached in the NFL for a, a, a number of years previous. And they, uh, Tom Coughlin would be one of those. Uh, now, as far as getting on the plane or not getting on the plane is sort of baffling to many coaches, college or pro. Right. It just doesn't happen. Now, I I tried to think back. Coulter, there was twice in 30-some-odd years, and I was one of – I gave a player an opportunity to go from that city to a different city instead of come home with us because his son was having surgery. Yeah, okay. His young son. Totally. Right? So – if there's some type of emergency sure. or some type of pre-planned surgery sure. or something kind of crazy, uh, absolutely, families come first. But for a head coach not to be on the plane, he opened up a big can of worms. He absolutely did. And then I think that as has become commonplace... Uh, he just talked too much after that, too. I mean, he, he just said too much, and and uh, then also you just you create your own controversy just by your soundbite being out there in the world. So hopefully this all blows over because I think this is distracting from what we actually want to talk about. We want to have fun and watch the NFL; it's the greatest sport of the world. So uh, hopefully this whole thing blows over. But it's just a strange situation in Jacksonville right now. Well, we'll see what happens. I would. I, I think this. He's got a great challenge. For sure. But then let's turn it into an opportunity and see if he can sort of round the fellas up. Now, he better be straightforward, honest. That's all the players ask for is be straightforward, honest, put it on the table, round it up, and let's see if he's got the juice to recover from this thing. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningwagen studio presented by Brett's RV and Marine. Proud to be the largest of all Montana RV dealers. They got 75 RV and boat brands to choose from, and that's the largest inventory under the big sky. Stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road. Start your adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Coach, just about 90 seconds left, but the Arizona Cardinals are 5-0. Nobody in the world had that. The last undefeated team in the National Football League. How? Why? How are they rolling like they are right now? You and I were talking previously about Arizona. I thought they were a pretty good football team last year that could have, should have, all those things, won more games. And they got even better this year with some talent acquisitions. And they are firing on all, all cylinders. I will tell you, their defense is pretty good now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that key, and, and they're sort of all over the place. They're very skilled. And then they've got some big play capability. They've also got the ability to play on offense, I'm talking about, very consistently. Yep. Unlike last year, they were sort of inconsistent, especially from midseason on, it looked like. So I would suspect that they would keep rolling here unless they get some major injuries, and that would be their downfall. A.J. Green is one of the most underrated additions in the NFL this year because I know A.J. Green, speaking of injuries, has struggled with injuries his whole entire career, but he's a veteran guy who knows what to do, but also it gives them two outside guys. Now you can play Christian Kirk in the slot. It diversifies the offense so much, right? And then they've got a playmaking quarterback. Oh, buddy. That if you give him enough, now you've got to build it inside out, right? Sure. The line's got to be solid. And then he's got all of those skill players out there. He can run and gun with the best of them. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to Nuanas Now. We love doing this uh, every Monday. The Montana Football Hour from 4 to 5 and the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Marty Morningwig to take you home. Thanks to all of our awesome supporters as well. If you miss anything in today's show, you can find it in the podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. Coming up next week, the Watson Children's Center. They have their annual uh, Pro-Am uh, Tennis Tournament at the Peak and Wellness Center, October 21st to the 24th. So we'll continue to give you more details. But if you want to have any sort of thing to do with that, which is a great cause, visit Watson's Children's Center. Dot org. We'll be back at it tomorrow. We have a whole bunch of prep commentary for you, plus Justin Angle swinging by. We'll see you then, 4 p.m. In the meantime, have a great evening. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.